Hooray! Hello, David. <laughs> How are you? Dude, I'm good. I've, uh, I've relocated. <laughs> I know, I know. The background is not the usual uh, little cubbyhole in Ketchikan, Alaska. You are in probably the exact geographical center of the contiguous United States. Yes, I have returned to the heartland. I'm here in the prairies, man. I'm in Kansas. I've gone back but to I mean, Kansas. Here, but it really is almost the exact geographical center when you look at it. Yeah, actually, we're close uh, to the, there is a plaque at the very center of the continental United States. And, and like if nearby. you stand on one side, the if you stand on one side, the country kind of shifts, right? Yeah, well, especially <laughs> since I've been eating so many burgers here. But yeah, it'll shift. But yeah, no, I'm in the flatlands. I came back to Kansas. I went to... Uh, junior high and high school and college. Oh, that's right. Here. That's right. This so, is really homecoming as well. But what are you doing? Now, it can't be business or art related, can it? <laughs> well, but of course it is. Uh, I went to art college here and I'm in Lindsborg, Kansas, Little Sweden, USA. I went to a, a college uh, here called Bethany College, a little Lutheran school. And this town was founded in the late 1800s, uh, 1880s. And, uh, I got my degree back in the 1970s, 1977. I, was, I lived in this little town from 74 to 77. Wait, did you get a degree in philosophy and then never used it? Um, well, I, I actually did use my degree, Dave. It's a, an art degree. I got a studio arts degree here, a Bachelor oh. of Arts. Yes, sir. You, you, you could draw on all that? Yeah, man. I, I, I learned to <laughs> whittle and I learned to uh, do prints and I learned a lot here in this little town. It's a cool little art town and uh, it's a beautiful little town. And a main street? A main street. Main street with a, I'm, is there like a soda fountain, you know, on the corner? Literally, dude, it's like that. I, I am living on Main wow. Street, but I'm also living in uh, an old artist's house. This guy was a mentor to me. Back in the day, Lester Raymer. And tell me about your show that is up at a place called the Little Red Barn. Well, it's at the Red Barn Studio and Museum. It's Lester Raymer. Lester Raymer was an oil painter and printmaker, and, uh, a man of many talents, and he died in 1990-ish or so. I should know that, but uh, an old-time artist. But he was a working artist, and he built this beautiful studio. And when he, he and his wife, Ramona, did not have kids, but they left it as kind of a museum you know, to his oh, cool. work, but also he built a studio that he wanted artists to work in and you apply. And uh, that's where I'm at right now. And, and Lester. Oh, that's right. You're an artist in residence. I am, yes. What does that mean though, exactly? Well, artist in residence means you have an artist that lives in a place and uh, we art types, artist types, uh, you know, like to move around a little bit and we're just living here in the land of sunshine. So if if I like show up at 9 a.m. to the studio, you'd come out holding a cup of coffee in your pajamas because you like slept there. Well, I'm in the house next door to the studio. Just okay. like my, All right. I learned that trick. You know, you don't live with your work. So actually we're in Lester's house and he, he actually is one of the guys who taught me this, like, you know, and have your work like nearby, but leave it behind you. So anyway, so I did the same thing. And now, uh, you know, Lester, when I, I went to visit him uh, when I was a student here and I asked him what, Lester, what is the secret to being a working artist? How, how do I do it? You know what Lester told me? Treat it like a regular job. Well, he did say treat it like a regular job, but he said stay in one place. Oh. You mean like Michelangelo? He goes from Carrera and then to Rome and then to Florence and then back to Rome and then to Carrera? You mean like that? No, no, no. Stay in one place. I, the, he, the Lester basically landed in Lindsborg and he stayed here and he started a relationship with 
this community. And then all throughout the Midwest, he painted thousands of paintings and collectors up and th through Oklahoma and down in Texas and all the way up into Minnesota. So basically, I kind of followed his advice. I landed in uh, Alaska and I stayed, I've been there for almost 40 years. So I love that your work is Alaska influenced and it's, it's influenced by the surroundings of the nature, the yeah, incredible yeah. nature in Alaska. But um, how does staying in one place, is that a business suggestion or is I, that I think a, it was kind of a business a, thing. An artistic maybe, thing that would. I think it was kind of a business thing. I guess I was asking him sort of a business kind of question. You know, how right. do I, I really want to know how do you make a living as an artist? And, oh, right, right. And that so is what he told me. And he was a working artist. He was not a teaching artist. He, you know, right. he did not teach at the college. He, he worked. And I like to think that I, I'm a working artist, but. But what I what I did at that time too, Dave, is I I I had a thirty five millimeter film camera. I was nineteen years old when I came to this town, and had to start my little college career. But I started photographing friends and colleagues and my professors and other artists in their studios, and I took some arty pictures too. You know, got all arty. But Nudies. I also well, you know, it was art school, dude, and but. <laughs> I did these portraits and then over the years I began to think, you know, I've never really did anything with all these portraits that I took. And uh, now they've kind of taken on some significance because that little era is kind of gone. And yeah, there's still an art scene here, but it was really strong and vibrant in the seventies. And I have a unique record of that. We wrote a grant, Marsha Howe and I worked in wrote a grant to the Kansas arts commission and we got it funded. So it helped support this whole crazy thing I'm doing, but we printed up photos from back in my days here and calling it the halcyon days of the Borg, Lindsborg. Uh -huh. And uh, we had an opening on Friday night. My friend Chuck Bonner, fossil hunter, came over. Yep. We played yep. some music. And my high school buddies showed up. Wow. And uh, uh, my, uh, my college roommate from way back in the day, who's now a heart surgeon, made the trip from Wichita. I had some... Rachel fans who literally flew in from Wichita in their Cessnas. There were two Cessnas that flew wow. up to McPherson and they came wearing the Rachel shirts, you know, and uh, so it was cool. Like I am wearing right now. Like you are, and I'm not because I take a break. So, so this showing has no art paintings, it's photographs only, right? It's, it's it is only uh, photographs, yeah. And this is the first time you've ever mounted a show of just photography. Well, no, actually. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yes, Dave, this is a first. <laughs> well, kind of. It's a first for me to do this here in Kansas. But uh, my Master of Fine Arts degree, I eventually went off to Seattle. And then I went to uh, Washington State University, where I did dive deeper into photography. Oh. And I got really arty with my photography. But I was also doing printmaking and drawing. And I mixed it all up. So I would draw on my photographs and I did these big diazo prints and which are like um, blueprints in a way and massive photographs that I drew and painted on. And uh, so I, I, but then when I moved to Alaska, I pretty much moved away from photography and uh, drew and paint. Your photography is, is awesome. I mean, the stuff you post on Instagram and Facebook is, is truly the subject matter, the, the filters and lenses you use, it's phenomenal. Well, yeah. Well, thanks. Like the the one you did from just your recent trip of the fog 
coming over these weird islandscapes in um, the Gulf of Alaska. Uh, and, and the way that the iconic one is the ravens sitting on a uh, pole. And, and you, oh my goodness. It's anyway, well done. Well done, Mr. Photographer, artist. Well, thank you, sir. You know, it's not all about the, you know, I've often thought if you want to dive deeper into the realm of photography and how it relates to art, I think the idea, I don't imagine I'm going to sell a lot of these photographs. So that was one thing. And the Lester Raymer advice is it's harder to sell photographs because, you know, I mean, frankly, everybody these days really with their iPhones, everybody can take a picture, right? But yeah. I think not everybody has that artistic eye. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got the yeah. lenses and filters and all that, but you have to take from the world what you think is significant, you know, that there's something about this image that resonates, maybe can resonate with people that ha right. can evoke some sort of response. Right. Anyways, Dave, we've delved deep into that world. But yeah. actually, what's cool is um, I have this exhibit here at the Raymer Society's The Red Barn Studio, but also... And at it the, runs through... Through October 15th, but simultaneously... 19, what year? 1990? <laughs> where are we? What year are we in? We're in the year 2021, I think. Right, right. But, so this will be... This will air while, while it's on. Yeah. And uh, it's also going to be at the San Zane Museum. What's cool about this town of Lindsborg? In Lindsborg, there are 3,000 people, and there's like two art museums, soon to maybe wow. be three art museums. And so the San Zane Museum is just up the street, further up Main Street and off to the side there. So, what is that name? San Zane? What is San Zane. Well, he was a Swedish painter. Oh, okay. Berger San Zane. That's a and, cool name. Uh, San Zane came here in like 1900. And uh, began to paint landscapes, and he grew a huge audience too. And so then Lester came to town in the 1930s. So, and the troll came to town in the 70s. So, the, the scene is still continuing. It's a cool, cool town, man. So, cool. So. Cool. So, I had an amazing and crazy and uh, anxiety weekend. What? Anxiety well, weekend? Anxiety filled weekend. Uh oh. I've not um, heard this. We haven't talked in a while. No, we haven't talked in, in a week. So Did your uh, neighbors uh, finally get hip to no, what you're all about? No, no, no. Well, I'll just say the earliest fossil finds attributable to this mammal, which is uh, uh, Animalia cordata, Mammalia carnivora, Mephitidae. Any idea what that is? All right, so you just gave me the... I'll continue. So the, the, there's a varmint. There's a creature that you encountered. There's a varmint. It's a varmint. And the original fossil finds were found in Nebraska dating back to the early Pleistocene. So it's a badger. It's a Less wolverine. Less than 1.8 million years ago. You got a wolverine in your basement. By the late Pleistocene, 70,000 to 14,500 years ago, and I'm reading this, obviously... This animal was widely distributed throughout the southern United States. It's a and it expanded northwards and westwards by the Holocene, which is 10,000 to 4,500 years ago. Uh, it's... All right. So I'm, I'm just going to now say <gasps> this was a five-hour ordeal. You battled with this creature. The oily yellow-colored musk consists of a mixture of powerful odorous Thiols, which is a sulfur analogs of alcohol in older sources called mercapitans, which can be sprayed at a distance of several meters. <laughs> the odor of this musk was likened to a mixture uh, of perfume. Listen to this. 
perfume musk, essence of garlic, burning sulfur, and sewer gas magnified a thousand times. I've got it now. Yeah, it's on this. Related to, the, they're related to they're bears. They're related to the bears. They're in the carnivora. Yep, yep. you were dealing with a skunk, man. Mephitis, Mephitis, Holzneri, which is a Southern California skunk. Pepe Le Pew. Oh, mon chéri. Anyways, what happened? Well, I have these little rats that are uh, they're getting in my barbecue uh, drippings, and they're leaving little rat poos everywhere, and they're going up my drain. We've hadn't had rain in a year, and they're living in my drain, and... So I capture them in these little rat traps, yeah. and I release them across the, the river so they can't find across a different water source, right? And these rat traps are probably, oh, 12 inches by four, f- by five inches by five inches. So they're small and narrow. And they go in, there's a little thing, you know, they hit the button, and the door comes down at the end. But it's a two-step door. You have to lift up the thing and then pull the door open. So it's a two-handed deal. I think deal. I see where this is going. Okay. So... So Saturday morning, I, I wake up and I go outside and I and I will, oh, and I look at this rat trap and it literally, it is a solid square of black and white. I mean, that's how this, this skunk had gotten in there and he filled up the entire <laughs> square rectangle of this trap. And I'm like, oh my God, a skunk. And I'm like, oh, so I've got to figure out how do I open this trap with two hands and not get sprayed? So... I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm wearing shorts. I'm barefoot. And I have this fishing pole with a wire on the end, which I use to to grab the bird feeders that are really high on the corner of my house. And that's how I get them up there and get them down. And on the end of this fishing pole, it's a broken fishing pole, there's a little wire that I've bent into a, an S shape. So I went, ah, I'll use that. So I'm standing six feet away from this cage. I'm reaching out to undo it and spray Huh. Right on my right leg. I'm like, no, I've been sprayed by a skunk. So I run to my hose and I spray that off. I'm like, I'm running out of breath. And I go and I and I go Ooh, and man. I said, okay, I'm going to try it again. And he sprays my left leg. Ah! So I've got to run to the hose and do that <laughs> so again. So he's aiming. Where is the little spray nozzle? Is it? Oh, this is the crazy thing. It's right at the anus. And uh, that little pink, little pink, little smile there. The the accuracy was was incredible. I could really? not believe it. So he could yeah. aim it. He could totally aim it, and he did it through the cage, through the little bars of this thing. He's looking at and, you. And not only did it spray me, but it sprayed behind me and all around me on my breakfast veranda. So it's like a geyser? Yeah, yeah, kind of like a a, a squirting, a, you know, a squirt bottle with, with a... A straight spray with a little bit of side spray to it. Uh-huh. It's pretty accurate. And they can go three meters. That's 15 feet. Wow. And they have 15 millimeters of the stuff in there. Okay. So okay. Um, so, so the story's not over. But how, what, what's, <laughs> so hold it, on. what's it like being sprayed, though? I mean, what's it smell? Is it horrible? It was, it was a cool liquid, like someone just sneezed on you, kind of. So it wasn't like soaking. It was just like it felt the droplets. But the horrible smell? You like immediately were retching? Well, what? There was, I was already enveloped in the smell around because he had obviously sprayed when he got entombed in this cage. So I grab a huge piece of cardboard from a giant box that, that I had in my garage, and I use it as a shield. <laughs> and I was able to manipulate this thing. And then he – and I opened the door and held it, held it open with my hand – from four feet away, and he wouldn't leave. 
Oh. And I, so I had to get the hose and spray his butt to get him out. And he finally goes out and he hung around for 10 minutes and he wouldn't leave the area. And he finally did. I got some videos of him uh, out the door there. But the bottom line is I had to go get this stuff and, and scrub my legs with a hard bristle brush of hydrogen peroxide and baking soda. I had to put bowls of vinegar around my house. I had to light incense. Oh, I had man. to scrub scrub my walls outside and scrub the patio. It was a five-hour ordeal, and it still smells, and apparently it doesn't go away for two to three weeks. <laughs> so did you actually get him to leave? The, you, like, sprayed him with a hose or something? You know, just hanging there? No, no, he ended, up, he ended up walking away. And, I, you know, I caught him, that skunk, I'm sure it's the same one, in my squirrel trap, which I, I catch squirrels and release them as well. So... Uh, he could li even live on my property. I got some holes in the back that, you know, I don't know. I thought I you know, drove this skunk. Yeah, you mentioned in a previous episode you drove this no, skunk. No, I let to him go. I just let him go. I didn't drive him away. And my my property backs up to uh, hundreds of acres of wild land. So he could live out there with the bobcats and the mountain lions and the coyotes. And um, What a strange thing to evolve, just this horrible smelling. That's your That's your defense, man. I've seen it work on me. If I haven't showered for a while, people will move away. Yeah, I know, can rapidly. second that motion. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this this smell is um, it is definitely enduring. So uh, that was my crazy weekend. I want you to tell me about our guest today, who uh, I had so much fun oh, yeah. editing this because I was not part of any of the questioning because I wasn't there. This was an interview you did at Kent Gibson's, uh, what do you call it? His, his house. His rockery? His, his house? <laughs> it is like a rockery. I was at uh, Kent and Lucy's house when we recorded this, and it is it is pretty much like a rockery in a way. Uh, they have but it's a, in Oregon. Well, they're in Newport, Oregon. And they live kind of in the countryside there. There's a lot of deer and stuff, and uh, they come you know, into their yard. They're off down a rock, uh, little gravel road that you have to drive to, kind of hidden away. But, you know, Kent came into our lives as he walked into a, a lecture that Kirk and I were giving back uh, many years ago. And Kent walked in with all these cool fossils. And he invited us out to his house then, and this was like in 2010 or 2012, I think when we first met, but uh, I have an exhibit in Newport, Oregon right now, and Kent has loaned a number of his fossils to the show, so we recorded it cool. there. He's the harbor master of Newport, Yeah, Oregon. yeah, he's the harbor master. Yeah, and, and, but, but he regularly walks the beaches of the Oregon coastline and miraculously looks at these rocks and sees whale skulls and porpoise skulls and and I'm I'm not going to give away the the prize that that you guys talk about in this episode, but um, uh, it, it's amazing. He is, his his eyesight. He, he's a he's a genius. he's a he's an amateur collector, and meaning that uh, he he'll he'll tell the story in the interview. Yeah. But he just yeah. gets into it. But he does the right thing in yeah. that he searches for fossils, and when he finds a cool fossil. He does the right thing with the fossil. He's also which got which is what Ray? What is the right? Well, thing? he turns it over to a public collection, and he works with scientists. So you notify collection. your local right. 
museum or paleontologist. And you've got to know the rules of collecting. And so he's got the permit to collect two along the Oregon coast there. Right. And um, so he does the right thing with it. But it's incredible the number of fossils he's found. And yeah. his garage is full of stuff. And he's yeah. got the ability to walk down. You and I would walk down the beach. We wouldn't see a thing. We'd have to look really, really hard. You know, I've been out fossil hunting a lot over the years. And there are certain people that have just got the gift. They are finders. And uh, yeah. others of us are just searchers. Yeah. So Kent's got that ability with finding right. fossils. And they're usually in these nodules. And there's a little hint of brown. And he could spot that. Well, I wasn't there. And I really enjoyed listening to this uh, as a first-time listener at, while I edited it. And it was fun. And uh, one thing I must say, the background sounds are truly <laughs> delightful. And I won't give it away. It's just delightful. We were sitting around outside and uh, just put the iPhone down. It's beautiful. And we also were having beverages. So you can probably hear the clinking of the glasses. Couldn't hear that. I know. I heard the clattering of rocks. And uh, I want to bring up something else, though, Dave. Yeah. But I, I finally, I've got something going on right now that's pretty cool. I realized. Have you seen a doctor about that yet? Well, I. Something uh, going on. Yes, yeah, I got something going on. But, you, you know, in baseball, when you hit through the cycle, you know what that is? Uh uh no in one single wait 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 which which shape ball is is baseball all right that's how much you know all right in baseball when you hit through the cycle in one game you hit a single you hit a double right. a triple and a home run so you get all four but right wait, now what if you what if you wait what if you walk a batter because you're a pitcher does that give you five <laughs> dave come on let me all right anyways i have four exhibits right now uh, simultaneously really? running. I've really? never done that before. Four exhibits. So in I've got, museums. Dave, I've got four exhibits at once. It's really cool. No I've got two here in Lindsborg, one at the Red Barn Studio and one at the Sanze Museum. But I have crews in the Fossil Coastline at the Oregon Coast Aquarium in Newport, Oregon. But right. I've also got another version of crews in the Fossil Coastline at the Burke Museum in Seattle. So there. Really? I got four at wow. once, man. And the uh, Lindsborg shows are up through the middle of October. Same thing with the Burke show, but the Oregon Coast Aquarium show is up until April of 2022. So. Well, all those links will be on our webpage here at paleonerds.com. Uh, yeah, man, check them out. But, but anyways, this interview was recorded as we were installing the exhibit, and Kent very kindly loaned a lot of his fossils to the Oregon Coast Aquarium exhibit, which is very cool. 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 Well, let's uh, get this going uh, and uh, enjoy Kent Gibson, Ray Troll, and some other surprise guests. Sitting here with Kent Gibson and Lucy, and uh, we're uh, chilling, and we're gonna about to go in and see some fossils in a little bit, but Kent, tell me, how did this whole fossil thing start for you, man? Well, it was back in 1997 when I was uh, hunting agates and jaspers down on the beach. I had my black lab with me. No fossils whatsoever. You just out no, for agates. agates. Yeah. And uh, I go down there and I got about a half a five-gallon bucket full of agates and jaspers, and I'm ready to leave. So I'm... Um, just about to hit my trail and look down and see this little baseball sized rock. It had some black stuff on it. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. I picked it up and looked at it. And I threw it about 15, 20 feet down the beach. And my dog, who was a rock hound, 
went and retrieved Literally it. a rock hound. Yeah, he would <laughs> fetch rocks down into, I'd throw them in the water. He'd go down two or three feet in the water and, and bring back that rock. So anyway, <laughs> before I got off the onto the trail, he brought that rock back. So I threw it about 20 feet or 30 feet down the beach, and I took off up the trail and was putting my bucket of agates in the back of my truck, and Bart runs up and drops this rock right on my foot. And so I said, okay, Bart, you can keep your rock. And I threw it in the back of my pickup, and I loaded him up, and off we went. And I got home, and I reached in for my bucket of rocks, and I looked down there at that one that I threw in there for him, and it looked like it was staring at me. And it turned out... Really? Yeah. I saw the nasal. It turned out to be a little tiny porpoise skull. Wow. And... uh, very first fossil I found, and that was actually one of the ones that uh, ended up at the Smithsonian. Oh, really? That's it was that. Yeah. The little porpoise. That little Fido. Porpoise. We call it Fido. Yeah. Fido. Oh, you Fido. call it Fido, and you yeah. found it on porpoise. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a porpoise. But that was ninety-seven. Ninety-seven yeah. during all when we had all those big rain and we had it was the just floods a, of 96 97 yeah it was really a horrible winter that year there was a lot of rain and stuff and so a lot of turbulent stuff but yeah i washed all the sand off the beaches i was down by uh on a beach south of newport so here it is 2021 and uh so <laughs> this is right, let's do the math well, we know it's 21 years. 24 years. 24 years. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> so 24 years. How many rocks you got in that garage over there? Oh, my God. In the garage or that one? <laughs> well, both. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you want to count them, go feel free. But wait, there's there's the boneyard. I took the boneyard. And then there's the, the woodshed boneyard which is that room that we yeah, just built last year or year before. Year before last. So I, this year so far, I've taken 600 bones out of the back of my pickup. What? Put this, them in, this year alone? This yeah. year alone. And I got 600 plus whatever's in the back of my truck right now, plus a few scattered around that ended up in the house and, and the and, big ones. And then there's buckets on the back porch, <laughs> and then there's buckets out in the barn. <laughs> So you got a fossil problem. I do. I've just we we've been talking. The family and I have been talking about having an intervention. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this rock, this rock is looking back at you. I'm just wondering about how. Like, when did you realize that was a fossil? I mean, that so like, the dog brought you this weird rock. What was the next step in realizing that was something? Well, since I, I knew it was something. I ended up taking it. I think down to the Marine Science Center. And had somebody down there look at it, and they thought it was, uh, was it a small skull of some kind. Was but it Bill at that time? I don't know. So you took the Marine Science Center next to the Oregon Coast Aquarium. Right. I think it was Bill Henshemaker. Yeah. I so he said I it's remember. a fossil, and did that just, like, trigger something in you? Like, ooh. I thought, well, that's that's kind of cool. So, hey, I'm going to look for uh, more bone when I go egg hunt next time. So... So you weren't a childhood paleo nut. Well, you know, nut. when I was in fourth grade, I did a report on dinosaurs. <laughs> so I guess there's... I got Every a, little boy. I got an A- minus on it. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so that wasn't too bad, I guess. So you were kind of into prehistoric stuff. Yeah, but I didn't, you know, that was third grade or fourth fourth grade, and I don't... Mrs. Plunkett's class. Yes. <laughs> well, now, I've been down that beach with you a few times, and uh, you spot bone left and right, left and right, and how quickly did you get this skill? Well, it took 
it took about five years before I really got a good eye for the bone. And then after I uh, <laughs> figured out what it was really like, then it just, they started coming and, you know, I'd go down and find 10, 20 pieces a time, a lot of times. 10 or 20 pieces. Yeah. yeah. Do you so, feel like the fossils come to you or? They're you know, just there. They're just, they're just laying out there. there, you know. But I, I can't see them when I walk. You see them. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind He's of. He's got a, the eye. It's, it's my superpower, I think. I don't know. But <laughs> well, what are you looking for? I look for. The, Give us a tip. The brown, uh, the brown in gray rocks. The stuff down here is uh, most of it that I hunt now is Astoria formation, so it's a gray rock, and you can spot the brown and the sometimes whitish inside marrow in there and the bones and. Um, even if it looks like a little tiny piece like the one I found today, it looked no bigger than a nickel under the water a little bit. And so I brushed it off because I thought maybe it was just some seaweed or something on it. It was under, the top of it was under six inches of water. So when I brushed it off and I saw, oh, no, that's not seaweed, that's a bone. So I tried pulling it out and it was stuck in there pretty good. So I had to pull out a few rocks around it. And then, so it's uh, really that brown against the gray, right? Yeah. There's there's a lot of basalt down there too, and and uh, there's a beauty of a rock. Yeah. Oh, so, is this a little skull right there? Yeah, that's a little that's a little skull. Wow. Check out the tiny skull. Mm -hmm. It's one too. It's all squished. Is this a baby? Uh, I don't know. Just, uh, that was, that I think I think this is probably a fish skull we're looking at there. That one's got the brown. Yeah, but and the and the cell. But structure. you can see the the yeah. cell structure in them is pretty prevalent to me, and the, and then right. you'll see Beige. the sharp on the skulls, especially you see on these kind of fish skulls, you see sharp little angles and just a fish little skull bones. here. I, I think so. Is that a that's is, like is that's that a mammal. mammal? Yeah, this is a mammal. So that's we're looking at a rock that's maybe two or three inches across. Three inches one way, two inches another way. But there's two little eyeballs looking at me. <laughs> those are not eyeballs. Know it's just, but that's what you. That's what. That's not an eyeball. No, those, those are the, those are the nasal passage. Oh, oh. The nose, nose. Ah, huh. Wow. That will be on the recording. Yeah. <laughs> That's the rock being put down. So, yeah, if I, I, anyway, that rock I found today, when I finally got it dislodged and pulled it out, I, there was bones all through it. So, you know, just a little tiny speck that looked like the size of a nickel turned out to be, you know, a 50, 60-pound rock with bones all through it, maybe baleen neck vertebrae possibly. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. So yeah. when... Kirk and I came along uh, in 2010. We're, you're 12 years into your obsession, and by now you've... How did you hear about us being in the area? What was up? Well, uh, I... Or, the, the, Lucy's here with us. Lucy yeah, is she, waving her hand. That's all my I, fault. I, I, <laughs> no, it's not completely all your fault. I knew there was a couple of guys coming to talk about fossils. I saw it uh, somewhere... Like a month and before? It, yeah, about a month before, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then Lucy piped up one day and said, hey, there's going to be this Saturday. Talking, talking about fossils. And I said, oh, huh. I wonder if they want to see some fossils. So I loaded up a dozen skulls or so. And I thought, like, you were, like, big fans of Ray Troll or I had Johnson. no clue who you were. I was. Oh, man. I was. <laughs> I, you were Kirk. I didn't know who I thought, like, I, you were just another fan. No. I was the big Ray Troll fan. All right. So you knew my stuff. I knew your stuff because I used to work. 
I used to work. Misconception all these years. Yeah, I'm at a sorry. shop here in town. I didn't mean to deflate your ego, Amy. <laughs> but you just did. No, once he found out, I'm like, no, that's Ray Troll, the artist Ray Troll. He's like, she's oh. like, well, what? And, and I said, you should. But you even know. fished in Alaska, so I thought you knew my stuff. Well, I probably saw your shirts, but I didn't know. I, I just didn't know. Well, all right. Well, okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Bromance is first fight. <laughs> Bromance is over. Yeah. Uh, I thought yeah. you were in love with me, man. Yeah, so I just, I, when I got up there, I just, uh, you know. So like, you came to our talk, we, and then after the talk, there well, was, you know what was happened? it before or after the talk? Well, before I, I got this, there 45 minutes early, and I saw. It was early. And All I right, saw, it was before and look the, at those. Those are two nerdy guys. They're not going to know where they're going to be talking about fossils. So I said, hey, do you guys know where they're going to be talking about fossils? And we said, we're the guys talking and, about the fossils. And he said, one <laughs> of you, right. I can't remember, he says, yeah, we're going to be right over here. And I said, well, I brought some fossils. Do you want to look at them? And oh, I was no, like, not maybe, maybe when we're done. Oh, this yeah, kind of yeah. blew we did. me off a little yeah. bit. That was probably Kirk. He was mean to you. Yeah, probably yeah. Kirk. Okay, he's not here. It was Kirk. <laughs> so, anyway, I sat around and, and uh, listened to the talk. Listen to the talk, and that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that, actually. Oh, right, thank you. About these guys. And then uh, when it got done, I was going, God, there's 30 guys around him. There were. Yeah, who yeah. is this guy? You know, <laughs> so I waited till the last guy got done, and you know, it was like another forty-five minutes before you were done with everybody. And then I said, "Well, you guys still want to look at some fossils?" Yeah. We got a Coast Guard coming Coast by. Guard? Sasquatch, probably. No, that's not yeah. Sasquatch. He makes uh, bigger footprints nope. noises. <laughs> that's our that's but, our evening flight of the Coast Guard. Thank you guys uh, for your service. But anyway, they uh, came out. You guys came out and uh, opened the back door of uh, the, the truck. truck. Although you guys said it was in the bed, it was in the back seat of my truck because that's where I put. Well, my... you had other rocks in the bed of the truck. Yes, I did. I but, all right. But anyway, opened the door and all I heard from Kirk is, "Oh my God, Ray, look at this." <laughs> I didn't know what I was looking at, but then when we looked at it, did you know what that rock was? I time? knew uh, no, I knew it was a billfish. I didn't know right, okay. what it what kind, but after it was shortly after that, I, was, I think I uh, was messaging with Dr. Harry Firestein from University of California Berkeley or somewhere down there, and he yeah. said it was most likely a marlin skull. Yeah. So it's a beautiful yeah, marlin a, skull. He was a boating fish expert. And that marlin skull is in the Smithsonian now because it wasn't too long. Well, actually, Kirk became the director in 2012, the end of 2012. Yeah. And so he had had this encounter with you. And yeah. So yeah. now those are with him. Did did we see the Desmo skull that night? Not the first time. No, here? I didn't. Did find you already it. have that? No, I found it between the first and the second time you guys came over here. So it was. It was. It was during your. It was right before your second time you came to Lincoln City to to talk to talk about the when we came back first book. Yeah. yeah. And then there was all the excitement of there's a Desmo. Well, you didn't know because when they came. They didn't know because I hadn't prepped it at all. Yeah. And they, were, you guys remember, you guys were looking at it thinking, well, it was a seal, but it could be a Desmo stylus. So when you guys said that, I decided, well, maybe oh, I, I should try. I thought the teeth were exposed. Not, no. no, not yet. Not uh, yet. I, I decided I'd prep that to see if. 
That's when there the was tool, anything. That's in when there. he decided he was going to start buying tools, air tools. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, I understand. Jesse gave you a. Oh. Jesse gave Jesse me a, gave really you a, like a nice a, one. In fact, I was working on that whale over there a little while ago, and now you have whale skulls in the yard. Yeah, a few of them, a couple of them, right over there. Easy. He's but, gonna fall over him sooner or later. I know it. <laughs> well, but yeah, I got to working on that, prepping that uh, <laughs> thing out there, and all of a sudden I found a little round white tooth in there, and I was going, "Oh my God, it is a Desmostylus." And the joy, the joy. It's actually a juvenile Desmos stylus, yes. I think, is the genus that has been identified as. And you did the right thing, and you gave it to science. So do you get, um, you know, the collecting rules here along the coast are, you, you're aware of them. Obviously, you, these are vertebrate fossils you're picking up. Do you get pushback or uh, concern from people about what you're doing uh not the difficult question here no um, not not normally i mean i've uh, there's only been one instance where somebody gave me a little bit of crap but i already had a uh, basically a kind of a permit from the state geologist to that says if i had you know is that i could bill or yeah. at the university yeah so you knew early on that if you were finding stuff that it would if it was important it needed to go to an institution right right and or work with the scientists and there. if i didn't collect all this stuff then it's just going to get ground up in the in the ocean and ground up in the dust like you know i don't have any complete skulls because they get ground up in the and you don't ocean. sell these no oh, never never no i had an offer for five thousand dollars for that marlin skull like the first week oh, i really? had it but huh. i told him no well, so, that's, that's illegal. Cool. Yeah. Well, yes, well, selling him is the another time, thing. But, but, but so actually what you've been doing, Kenton, something that's been playing out even today is last night there was a sciencey nerd that came over. Uh, he's not a paleontologist, but he's got a passion. He looked at this one rock, thought it looked really different. And this morning you posted it on Facebook, right? And then yeah. within moments, so you're actually doing using social media to actually identify your fossils and now you have experts from all over the world that chime in and so tell us the drama of that rock today well i wanted the guy showed up yesterday to look at it I, you know it's, it's been sitting out there for a few months and i'm thinking man this really looks weird i and uh oh, oh we're gonna get to see it's it in the uh, cabinet in the blast cabinet I was looking at it under a microscope. But anyway, um, I thought maybe it was turtle because it just looked odd. And I don't, really hadn't seen a lot of turtle stuff before. And it just looked weird. So I thought maybe it was turtle. And he came over and said, well, he didn't really know what it was this either. Greg Carr looked at it. Yeah. and uh, You suspected turtle. I suspected turtle, but he thought it was. Uh, I suspected turtle. I took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook last night and i'm getting all sorts of stuff back that it may be a bird skull a big why what why does skull. i'm looking at the rock right now why does it look so different well this you see on the the bony part here is not like marine mammal at all i mean it's just completely different than any marine mammal bone so the bone structure looks yeah really it's, different. it's different completely yeah yeah so so it's much 
kind of broader. Yeah. It's yeah, not be, as fine. Be careful. This stuff, you know, I'm, I haven't got any glue in it yet. That thing, I'm going to have to put some. Uh, it could pop out. Yeah, I just yeah. just want to be real careful with it until. Uh... <gasps> just kidding, listeners. I'm editing this and just had to do that. <laughs> so you have some of the world's experts, the top experts in the world, chiming in. Yeah. And within by a click. <laughs> by a click and they're all so it went from uh possible shark skull to or, do most of them now think bird? Yeah, they think it's uh bird skull, which is uh but what's the bird they think it is? Uh, I think there's been like two. Um, um, it was Pelagornis for a little yeah. bit. But well, then it's the other one. <laughs> But it's a Miocene. So these these rocks are about twenty three million years old. Well, they're, some, they're somewhere between fifteen and twenty one million years right, old. That's, a, that's a range. But that's a cool thing that you use in social media to do science. And then if this is an important rock, we'll just sell it on eBay for a lot of money. <laughs> no, we won't do that. No. Give me ten dollars for it. No. <laughs> well, I'm prepared to offer you right now and, uh, t-shirts. <laughs> Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so do I don't want any of your dang T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. You've paleo got enough barter? of my damn T-shirts. Yeah, yeah we can well, barter I don't, it. But I, there we go. I got a few. So this may be the roof, uh, a, a skull roof of a gigantic bird with a 26-foot wingspan. Yeah, that's what. Uh, it's I've like done. a toothy pelican bird. Mean. I would not want to meet him face to face. So you've already googled an image up. Um, and actually, uh, you know, I've painted a bird like this in the cover of the cruise in the fossil coastline. There might be more of this skull. There might be a little more in the back of it there, yeah. If it got prepped the out. Top of the, you don't want to screw this thing up, dude. If this no. is, so you might want to get this to somebody who can really prepare it yeah, properly. I, Not one, that you don't do a proper job, but you don't want to screw it up. Well, I, I'd rather have that one go to somebody. Who knew what they're doing. Who really knew Well, it. not that you don't know what I've, you're doing, but... Yeah, you know, you know enough to just say, mm, not me yet. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, how many hours does it take to oh. drill down through this stuff? Oh, depends on which scribes you use. Um, it wouldn't take long with that big one, but and uh, I don't want to use that. that big one on there, especially. No, that's a that needs a delicate but, uh, hand. You know, maybe they want to do it in acid. They maybe want to acid prep it instead. That may be a better way to do it. Just take more time and do it with acid. I wish I owned yeah, actually, stock I think white vinegar. <laughs> it's just vinegar, right, for a bit? Well, acidic acid, but, you know, they have different grades of it, and, and usually I think the institutions use a little higher grade than what's in the, the vinegar, white vinegar. So do you ever listen to a podcast called Paleo Nerds? I'm up to somewhere around uh, episode 21, I think. We have the social media manager for Paleo Nerds right here. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> Just toss the ball over to you, my daughter. bird skull from 20 million years ago of a yeah, giant that's, bird I mean, that's pretty wild uh so i what is so you're saying like regularly you go out in the mornings and you're finding like 
10 things a day, like on average? Is well, that... th there's better, better times yeah, of the year. I don't. I take the summer off normally because the sand washes in and covers everything up. But then when we get the uh, stormy weather starting sometimes in November and December, then starts washing the sand off the beach, and then I'll go down and hit it pretty hard whenever I can. And yeah, I basically don't see him for much <laughs> for five months, November through March. <laughs> oh, really? End of March, yeah. What? Because so it's morning and it's, it's, it's whenever the tides whenever are. It's his morning life, or evening. He he is a mermaid. His life revolves around the tide. Yeah. The tide yeah. waits for no man. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and you know, he's got to be there. This morning, it was... Uh, and so I'm from Southern California, where on the beaches there, people are really territorial about, like, surfing spots. Is it like that for, like, fossil hunting spots here <laughs> in the Oregon <laughs> coast? Because it's a little too cold to want to surf here all the time, but I feel well, like the fossils are Not so are much, but, there. you know, I went down to... Uh, it's a little uncomfortable when the other people start snooping around and uh, in you your know, territory. It, it bugs me a little bit, yeah. Uh, but, you know, let's explore this. Um, I can't do this forever. No. Well, what are you going to do with all these rocks? Lucy. I've got a long list, you know, because, you know, if, if he goes before I do, it's like, okay, which museum wants this stuff? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or who's going to be confused in 20,000 years, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right? Come yeah, on. what are all these fossils doing here? My, yeah. my rock garden is overflowing, and, you know, are we going to expand? I don't know. <laughs> we already did. We expanded over there. We did. And there. Because and it used to be, when you guys were here, that was a garage. And since then, I closed it in and put the mm. double doors. And so it's a museum now. Well, yeah. it's it's there's not it nearly as much in there as there used to be. Why well, have you labeled stuff? And do you have no museum? I, I, do you have tours? Do people come over here? For, yeah, I really need somebody to help me with uh, this. Because when I find so many a day... Day after day after day, I just, I, I just don't have time. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, when you find one, write it down." Well, I don't have time when I'm doing because I'm on a mission. I'm going down there, doing a grid search on the beach, going everywhere, and then. Do you do it like a grid search? Yes. Yeah, every every time. It's I methodical. Mean, there's a focus. He's looking There's a down. System, yeah. A system. It's not so, over rocks. It's over bedrock yes. and everything. Is this like meditation for you? Is this relaxing for you, or is it? Yeah, actually, it is relaxing for me. I, I, that's what I love to do. I love to find stuff. And as you can see in my rock garden here, I've not only you found fossils, stuff. Yeah. I've got I've got stuff from Nevada. I've got agate from Nevada. I've got jade from California. I've got garnets from Nevada and lots of uh, crystals and stuff. Wow. I love, so, I particularly love the story of on one like fifty mile an hour sideways rain on the beach. He's down there doing a grid search, looking for fossils, and he damn near tripped over. Oh, a glass float! One of those glass floats. <laughs> if I would have just there. looked up when the I walked ones. down the bottom big of the trail, the floats. big ones. <laughs> I would have seen it right off the bat. He didn't see Japanese it until it was floats, literally well. three feet in front of him. You've yeah. trained so, yourself out of seeing them now. <laughs> well, I trained myself, and I'm looking. Down. Not a fossil. Looking, not a fossil. I'm yeah. looking right here in a three foot. Looking down, I got about a six foot wide area and about eight feet in front of me and that's where i'm going and go down the beach and take three steps over and come back up the beach and take three steps over and go back down the beach mm -hmm. so well okay what's your most spectacular fossil find um, your most special like 
your heart was beating. Oh my God. What have I? Oh, well, you, you fall to your knees, and this is it the glory of the Holy Grail. It's probably the billfish. The billfish. The I marlin. Think. Yeah, because that. And you let Kirk Johnson take it away. Well, I got. He made a copy for me, or a cat, <laughs> so I guess it's okay. But uh, it's a beautiful marlin skull, and yeah. uh, I came here and sketched that out for you in the old. Yeah, I drew it on the patio. <sighs> so, what was it like when you found it? What the what the it heck was, did you think it was? Well, I thought it was a whale skull. When I first saw it, I looked down in the water and I thought it's petrified wood because I saw the big, thick, bony um, jaws on the thing. I thought, oh man, I don't need another petrified wood, and I started backing away from it. And I'm looking at it again. I go, man, that looks weird. It's... So I just went down and I. I reached down and I picked it up again. I was going, oh, my God, this is a... It's got eyes. This is wow. something. It's a whale of some kind. That's what I thought it was at first, was a whale. And then you should have seen the trail. I had to pack that damn thing up. What was it? That, what that did was, that weigh? 81? No, it was 59 pounds, I think. Well, you've actually... 56, 59, somewhere in there. Drug whale skulls up the beach now with a winch and everything right yeah i've got a hand truck now with wheelbarrow tires on it and uh i got a piece of shrimp net that i can put around the fossil i tie it to the hand truck and off the beach we go usually i have to go a different way to get out than the way i come in because the way i come in there is absolutely no way to get that thing up that do so I people, go an extra mile down the beach just to get up on the... Yeah, what's it like? I mean, people must look at you like, what the hell is that guy doing? Um, I don't when really you're trucking see a whole lot rocks. of people down there. There's, so. there's usually nobody down there, so he calls, you know, phone a friend and says, Honey, <laughs> <laughs> yes. would you, would you, would you, uh, you know, go down and um, pick me up and take me back to my truck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a couple times I've had to yeah. call Lucy and have her drop me off in a spot. I've had her drop me off at Otter Rock, and then have her and I'll park my truck down at 68th Street, and so no, walk from Otter, Beach. Otter Rock. Well, I did it there, but we, all the way down to 68th Street, which is I don't know three three miles or something. That's a long ways. It is, it's, it's too darn long. Okay, here's the other dog. question: What do you really want to find that you haven't found yet? What I really would like to find is an adiocetus. That's on my bucket oh, list. Oh, that's yeah. What's adiocetus? That's that uh, combo-toothed and baleen whale. It's the combo. Yeah. So that's the one. Doug I'd... Emlong found. Where did Doug find his? He found his down at Seal Rock. So he cleaned that place up. Uh, there's nothing left. Emlong got it all, right? <laughs> Lots of sand. Well, I don't know. You, and you are there's... Doug Emlong reincarnated from... You know, there's kind of a funny story there, too. I guess he passed away when he was 38, and I found my very first fossil when I was 38. Uh-oh. Which was really kind of odd. And, but you have to tell this the conjecture story. conjecture on whether or not he jumped or he, <laughs> he was pushed. or He didn't, well, he wasn't pushed, but, or if it was an accident. Doug Emlong was an incredible fossil collector who lived here in the same vicinity had a rock shop and a, a, a gallery on 101 and he was a painter and a singer and he was a troubled soul but he was famous and all of most just about everything he ever found went back to the smithsonian and now you're kind of repeating that but what's your emlong connection story well, well there is an emlong connection story because back in the 70s my mom and dad owned the dairy queen in depot bay and come to find out that uh, this guy used to come in I didn't know even who he was he used to come in all the time and sit down there and 
and I'd bullshit with him. Anyway, one time we, uh, he asked me if I wanted to go fishing with him. So I said, sure. So one day we went fishing at, uh, Rocky Creek. Rocky Creek. So we went fishing on the rocks there. Now what? I'm sorry. Your dad was mom, my mom, mom and dad owned the Dairy Queen Depot Bay. The Dairy Queen. Yeah, All right. So, so a guy came anymore, in and but... said, you want to go fishing? And yeah. so your little boy and so was, they just let you go fishing with a stranger. All right. Okay. 16 or 17. Was, All right. So yeah. you were all older. All right, and I was, okay. you know, I was still about six, five. So nobody, I didn't want to mess with you. All right. Yeah. My dad's told me, he says, oh, be careful. That guy I said, don't worry about me, dad. I can take care of myself. All know? right. So, so anyway. it seems like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> wants to take a young man fishing. Yeah. Dad right. was, dad was a state trooper. Oh, okay. A detective right. so, at that okay. point. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he may have known things that I didn't know. He's a state trooper and ran this. Dairy Queen? Mom, 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 okay. Mom right, this their is dad watched the windows on the weekends. All right. You know, okay. get the salt off the windows because, anyway. Gotta see whales. So, anyway, I didn't even realize who this guy was until I was back at the Smithsonian and I was, and I've seen pictures of Doug M. Long when, you know, in the National Geographic and all that no, stuff. No, you're making this up. I, and, I know where this is going. But okay. I saw his obituary picture and I was going, that's the guy. That's the guy who took me fishing. He told me he he ran across it and yeah. he and he's like so there's honey, my honey, connection the only connection I have and I didn't even realize I don't know <clears throat> if he ever talked to me about fossils. Wow, I don't I don't remember I heard this story. You hadn't heard that one? No, yeah, yeah this, I didn't realize who it was until I think I was in You're Nick Pines. No, it's in no. Nick Pineson's office, I think, and we're looking through a bunch of. Stuff from Emelon. He called me from D.C. and that night and said, "You will never guess what I saw and what I put two and two together on." Yeah. And uh, then he told me about the the. He the transferred story. his power to you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but that was I that that was the last thing I expected because I only seen him as a real younger guy until they. Don't you think? <laughs> until uh, kismet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. That's that kind of weird. Sending a chill down my spine, man. That's kind of weird. So, yeah, that was... Doug M. Long, I'm gonna have to dig into this. Doug M. Long oh, probably, yeah. probably never fished in his. Where'd you go fishing? Off that, off uh, right at Rocky Creek. Off, there's some rocks right down there. We fished the off some highway? rocks. The old right at the bottom. You never talked about fossils or no. I don't. Re- I don't. You recall. never saw this guy again. He maybe took he, you fishing. He, and... Maybe he did. <laughs> well, he used to come to Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. And... He'd get, come in and get burgers and fries and or whatever. You know, sit at the end of the, the counter time. and just bullshit. Because I worked there when I was a kid for mom and dad when I was, you know, in seventh, Slave eighth, ninth labor. grade or yeah. something oh, like wait, that. Oh, wait, no. Dollar ten an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was back then. Wow. Child labor. Yeah. Huh. But I didn't know you didn't hear that story, but yeah. That's, no, I haven't heard that one. But that's, Yeah. When I saw his obituary picture, I was like, that's kind that's, of freaking me out. That's the guy who took me fishing. Hmm. But I don't recall anything about fossils. Uh-uh. All right. Last question. If you could time travel, go back in time. What epoch, what paleo period would you want to go to? Oh, Any time. Well, it's got to be in the get... past. Not, no going into the future. Well, you yeah, know what I'd really like to do is I'd really like to come back to right here. Right now? No. To see what the coastline and everything looked like back here during 23 million years ago yeah, 20, you know 15 to 20 million years ago when uh this area was uh however it looked you know i would like to see the animals that i'm finding now
Yep. Oh, look at this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buzzard. We're about ready to starve, and he knows it. Oh, is that a, it's a buzzard above us. Do they ever come pick at your bones? Uh, <laughs> no, they, they actually are. they actually like to come down here in the middle of the driveway and hop around and argue with each other, and they're about this big. They're about three feet tall. Yeah. Wow. So uh, Megalodon was alive out here, uh, but you chances are you'd never find a Megalodon tooth. But well, you found I, a Megalodon, Megalodon when you went back east, right? I did, but I found the Ototus... Oh, Shooting tenses out here, too. You found a... Bobby Bosnecker's got that Mace Brown Museum. Oh, the tooth. Yeah. Oh, so you did find a tooth. And you found shark vertebrae, too, right? I've got many... Beautiful. Uh, I've got several shark vertebrae. I think there's going to be some there at the aquarium on display, and i still got I'll 15 try. or 20 around here. Those are my favorite. I love the shark vertebrae and the fish vertebrae just because they... Yeah, they're beautiful, aren't they? They just squish down and spread out, and they're just Shark like, vertebrae are beautiful, just circular. Yeah, they're so, so you don't think... Symmetrical. Frank's turd is a turd. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. So with that, I think. Good time to eat. Yeah. Can eat the time. Yeah, let's eat some okay. pizza. <laughs> eat some pizza. Thank you, Daily Nerds. <laughs> Over and out. Well, that was fun. <laughs> it was. It was. And, you know, I wasn't there, but I loved the background noises, the planes going over and the birds. It just really made it sound like I was there as the listener. It was a real special night. It was really cool because my daughter was with me, too, and Lucy was there. and Just chilling out, looking at fossils and talking to a really fun, uh, cool guy. Kent's a good man. Yeah, yeah, he obviously sounds like, uh, you know, he does it for the love of it. That's what's really cool. Yeah, and we'll have some pictures of his collection there, too, you know, uh, so you can see that yeah. on the on the website. And, uh, yeah, and I look forward to, uh, I, I, I want to bring him up to Alaska and let him loose in some concretion-filled beaches that I know of. Yeah, uh, you know, my beach down here in Surfers Point, where the Ventura River meets the Pacific Ocean, has... These huge round cobbles. I mean, some of them are probably 50, 60 pounds. But I can't tell. You know, I think they're mass wasting from the mountains 20 miles in. So there's a distinct look to a concretion. You when you get the, the search image in your head when concretion is rounded and it's usually if But they have to be in a in a strata that an animal died in. It can't just be sandstone or, or shale. Right. So, I mean, what, what, it, if you know the formations and, you know, he's Kent's hunting in the Astoria formation. So if you know that you're in that territory, oh, okay. you know, where the outcrops are, you know, you got to go to where the fossils are, but um, yeah, you can spot them. Is the Astoria formation Eocene? No, it is. What is it? Miocene. It's Miocene. Okay, so uh, I'm going to look on my little chart here. That's uh, 23 million years to 5 million years ago. It's quite a stretch, but uh, the Astoria Formation, yeah. we can have that information <laughs> on our website. We'll look yeah, it up. Yeah, but what was it? Was it like a, a floodplain? Was it on the coast? Did these animals die in the ocean? It was coastal. It's, it's a marine deposit. Yeah, so it's a marine deposit. Oh, okay. So a, a seal would die or a whale would die and, and it would just get buried if this... It's, you know, the key to uh, fossilization is rapid burial. So it had to be in a situation. And this is where the artists and the ventriloquists need the scientists to chime in <laughs> and where the situation is. But actually, you know what? Yesterday, 
Michelle and I, we're, we're in Kansas here. We went to Mushroom Rock State Park. That's about 20 miles from Lindsborg here. And what these mushroom rocks are, they are, they are no, they're massive concretions that are really? about 10 feet across. And then there's limestone or sandstone underneath them. And that's what's weathered out. And so I'm in Kansas. You're underneath, you're at the WIS. You're in the great, you're the on Western the, at Interior the of the Seaway. Great yeah. Interior. So I'm, at the, I'm on the uh, Eastern side of it. And so I'm right here and not too far from me. You know, it was, I'm basically at the shoreline in uh, Eastern okay. Kansas. You're not under a thousand feet of, of ocean? Well, that's a little farther to the west. But I'm on the right, I'm on the right. shore. But these concretions are really massive, man. I'll show. The, I'll send you a picture. They're pretty crazy yeah. looking. Yeah. Uh, is there any, is there anything in them? Well, they've weathered away, and uh, they don't want people coming and smashing them. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That would kind of ruin the the yeah, park. Yeah, it kind of would. In fact, the, <laughs> the, yeah. Go ahead. What I related to was when Kent was talking about, and and Lucy mentioned this as well. His wife that. There are certain collecting times of the year because in the winter, the storms remove all the beach sand and expose all these cobbles, which have the fossils in them. But in the summer months, uh, the sand kind of accumulates and buries all these cobbles. And I go down to Surfers Point in Ventura every week. So I watch the shifting sands and I watch the cobbles appear and disappear. And we're talking tons and tons of rock get moved around by by these storms it's it's phenomenal the amount of power that it takes to alter this this landscape but i i see the same thing right now it's covered in sand and in the winter the sand all goes away and these huge piles of debris of broken wood and and runoff from the canyon from the winter storms fill up the beaches and it's an ever-changing place, and that was so cool because... And I think that's that's kind of what it takes, is a local who's really attuned to the changes on the beach. And that's what, you know, Kent knows when there's been a big storm. He knows maybe wait a day or so, and he knows when the time... And he's already been searching that area, so he knows when something's different, and he'll get... Especially the low, low tides, you can get way out there. I think that marlin skull yeah. that we talked about in the episode... Was yeah. a really super low tide. Does he have like a shed with his stuff in it, or just is all around his Dude, house? Dude, he's got like a shed, and then he's got an annex to the shed, and I think he's building an annex oh, to the shed. God. Shed, and he is actually beginning to think, you know, and he's he's an older man, not as old as me or you, but he's about to retire, and like I said, he's he's thinking about what's gonna. He never he does not sell his stuff, so he does not sell right. And right, so right. he's considering what to do with his collection, and he's talking to the, you know, the place where they the should go. So, yeah. The wow. legacy. Well, that was great. That was great. A fun interview all around, man. I'm glad that you uh, yeah. you were able to take uh, take that iPhone interview that I did without you, Dave. That was it was great. fun if you that were there. Great. You got to meet this guy. So I will. I will. I'll uh, when life returns to normal, which hopefully might be soon, maybe not, but maybe. But well, dude, uh, drive up the coast and see my show before it closes. Okay. When does it close at the In uh, April. Newport? April twenty-two. Oh, so there is, there time. is time. All right. Well, you got I'll, nothing to do. I'll drive. I got nothing to do. I'm an empty nester now. <laughs> so, and I am odorous. I am odorous. Yeah, man, stinky Dave. Moment. How many you get? You stink for a week, man. I can yeah, smell you from here. Uh, 
Two weeks, two weeks, the, the smells oh, day. Geez. So this is David Strassman signing off from smelly <laughs> Ojai, California, oh. where the Mephitis, Mephitis, Holzneri did his thing mm. in my trap. The odiferous, yeah, Strassman signing off there. But this is Raymond Troll signing off from uh, a very different place, man. I'm signing off from Lindsborg, Kansas, where the sun is shining and it's going to be like 95 degrees today. Very different for the old northern troll, but uh, I'm enjoying it. So, hey, man, good talking, and uh, do another show here soon, dude. See you next week. Thanks for being a paleo nerd. Help us spread the word of science. Rate us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can even email your questions and comments to nerds at paleonerds.com. Did you know each episode is paired with pictures and links? Check out paleonerds.com for photographic evidence that everyone here has been a paleo nerd for a long, long time. I'm a paleo nerd. I'm a paleo-